Oh, buddy. Oh, Chris. Welcome back. <laughs> hey. I don't even know how to talk into a microphone anymore. Yeah. It's been a while since I could suck your whole fucking tray. That came on at the gym earlier, dude. Uh, dude, <laughs> I came to that the other night on accident. What? If I was like, we were listening to shit on YouTube, and then that just came on. What were we listening to? Def Leppard. Oh, yeah. And then that came on, and I was like, fuck. Were you, like, man. listening to Pour Some Sugar on me? No, dude. It was, well, I don't know. It went through all of them. I mean, we weren't planning on having sex today. We were just listening to it. And then, you know, of course, when you listen to Death Leopard, you usually have sex. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about that. <laughs> Alcohol was involved, so. Yeah. You know? When you need some gum. In the name of love, I'm hot and sticky and sweet. First song I went to a strip club. That's the first song that came on. And it was an old lady dancing to it. It was crazy. Sure, I talked about this on here before, but dude, me and my friend Adam and Phil, we used to go to the strip club, worked at this fucking venue, and they would give me tickets to give out to wherever, so I would like take up a bunch to give away, and they'd be so stoked about it, dude. They'd just let us in for free and do whatever. We go back to this VIP room, and their VIP room wasn't like a private dance. It'd be like you and your friends would sit there, and they'd just have one stripper, and like any dollar you put out, they'd come and like hum on your balls and stuff. Yeah. Like put their mouth over your pants and be like, How old were you? Oh, 18. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as soon as I turned 18. Well, the dude that owned it told me that I could do that, and I was like, Oh, okay. So anyway, we'd go all the time. Not all the time. The first time we went, and then. All the time. Yeah, I mean, probably like one, once or twice a month. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that's all the time. So we go the first time, dude, and like notice this older lady and everyone was just like, because, you know, like right now, if like a 40 something year old lady was stripping, I'd be like, hell yeah. yeah when yeah, you're 18, yeah. you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Like a 40 something year old lady when you're 18 is crazy. Yeah. It's just yeah, you're so it's wrong, shocking. You know, you know what yeah, I mean? It's so far away from anything you can imagine. Like that's yeah. an old person. Even a 30 something year old, you're just like, that's old. Yeah, but they're still rocking beef, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not something you would have said no to because you're so horny, but. Yeah. Anyway, so like. We would do this thing to where if we're in that room and she came, we'd all take all the dollars we had in our hands and throw it on one guy and bail. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but she'd always come in there to like pour some sugar on me or every rose has its thorn, like a slower, you know what I mean? And just, she was in that, dude, she'd just purr on your balls. Purring them. Zipping your pants down. Purring and stirring, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting stirred sucks. It's weird. Nah, dude. They don't, they love to swirl around. They just around. do that, man. They swirl around, man. That's cool. Innocent for them. <laughs> I, mean, for I don't think strippers are stoked on feeling hog. No. They've had yeah. so much. She probably just like, ew. And just like. <laughs> <laughs> probably just like by the numbers, too, dude. They feel so many huge ones. They're just yeah. like. Uh, Nasty ones. Yeah. You gonna be around or you got something going on? I don't know. You got something important to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be. <laughs> good, point, sure good, point, you know. good point. Good point. Good <laughs> point. 
Well, man, it's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, not going to be doing video for a while, but who cares? Only like 200 fucking people. Yeah. It's not even a fragment of concern. I don't even really care if we put up the episodes of videos. Mm. It's the same thing, just us talking. There's yeah. no like audio art to it. Uh, no, we just got to sit here talking mics. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to worry about what I look like. No. I don't give a shit. I, always I mean, of course, we got to do reviews, but... Yeah, well, sometime. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, let's do a gruesome crime, dude. All right. This week on Death Metal. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Feel yeah. weird for you? No? No? Okay. I do a lot. Well, here's a fun one. This was a user requested one, which was something I had thought about before, but like everything else, it just slips <coughs> right through my brain and right out. This guy named Rafael Tori is a this is a second fraudulent martial artist we've covered. Mm-hmm. This guy's not quite as cool as Frank Dukes. Yeah, Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes. Dukes. He was sick, dude. Like, if you're gonna lie about doing karate. You gotta lie to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, do you get a movie dude. made about you, man? Yeah, you lie so cool, they're just like, "This is a movie, dude." Yeah, they believed it too. That's what Jean Claude was like. Well, we, yeah, he <laughs> was hey. Jean Claude Van Damme guile in Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah, that movie stunk. But when you were a kid, though, you were so. I feel like I love it, dude. It was better than Mortal Kombat, right? Am I crazy? No, it no. was not better. Mortal Kombat. It was cool. Yeah, they had like better like sets and shit, for sure. I have a hard time remembering. I just know it's one of those things. If I watched it now, I'd be so. Bummed the guy out. that's fucking uh, the dad in Adam's family is the fucking bad guy. That's right, dude. He is in Bison. Yeah, is he jacked? Or they just got him in like a jack suit? It's probably. Yeah, probably a jack suit. Dude, Gomez is one of the horniest motherfuckers that ever. Of oh, all time, man. <laughs> I'm on Shadi. Just yeah. like right in front of the kids, dude, and she's going at it. Yeah. 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 Smooching tits. Yeah, all the way up he's from like, the hand to yeah, the tits. He's like, oh, I must have you. Ooh. God. One of me. Just imagine you're on your parents and they start doing that, and then you know that when they go upstairs, uh, upstairs dude, your kids would be so bummed. It was going to be so gross, you know? I still don't think my kids know we're banging, dude. I think I've kept it under wraps pretty good. They're, they know. I mean, I'm sure, like, they understand where children come from. Yeah. But I don't think that they think that we're in there banging all they the time. They don't understand the horniness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they know three or four times a week we're in there smacking skin. Smacking skin. Yeah. But, you know, as soon as they find out, I'm sure some things will click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to, like, tell them when they're teenagers, hey, you got to go. It's talking to your son and shit, but you got to go, man. Yeah. You know. Go stay at your fucking friend's house. You go, go to stay bed. Somewhere. Go find something to do this weekend. Yeah. You yeah. think you have to do that? You, you just will send him to bed, man. Yeah. Whatever. You can't just send him to bed. There'll be a point My where I don't care. boy. They better not be ruining they are crawling up the air vents going. <laughs> you know, they don't want to see that, dude. That's the last thing you'd ever want to see in your life. Like, what are they doing in there? 
You think I, so? Dude, I found out my parents were fucking, my grandparents were fucking. Yeah. How I found out was I was like, I was going to go steal some fucking pain pills out of my grandpa's shit. Sure. And then there's condoms and Viagra in there. So I fucking took that. Like he needed it. he needed the condoms. I went and threw it in the fucking creek, man. I threw it in the burger, creek. Burger, burger, burger. Yeah. Then my mom gave us me and Seth condoms one time. Yeah, and we blew them up like balloons, and and they're in my parents' yard, just laying around. <laughs> Did like, you know what they were? No. Yeah. Dude, my grandpa raged. Oh, I'm sure it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Get your nerves. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. You got them. After blowing up condoms, I was like, what are those for? For your penis for sex. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I put my mouth on that. These taste weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when you they would hand out like banana and cola flavored condoms at school? Nope. Did you have that? They, I, we had that, dude. They came in in like health class. They gave everybody like four condoms. I was like, well, I'll never use these. Brian's mom like, bought us condoms. It was like literally banana Cola, strawberry, and coconut were like yeah. the condoms I got. I just immediately took them home and jacked off in them. Hell yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> Brian's mom bought his condoms, and I was like, that's pretty cool. She thinks I'm fucking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, I'm that slick looking, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I was dude. Like, I'm fucking, you know? Is that where you look like Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, I was huge. <laughs> I was thought 350, man. Yeah. Fucking wearing fucking denim on denim. Denim on denim and flowing, man. Denim on denim. Yeah. She was like, I know what you're up to, so have some of these. Yeah, they had like Walmart work boots. Cause yeah. Because they, they didn't have combat boots. Sure. It was crazy, man. My whole getup was nuts. As a it kid. was wild. <laughs> There's some cool pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Christmas one is the best one. Yeah. Where it's like you're sitting down and it's your full body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> pajamas and an exhumed shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sick look, dude. Yeah. Well, hell, man, Rafael Torre, he came around uh, during the early 1990s. That's, of course, when UFC started out, and at the time it was, like, unregulated. You know, it came from uh, the Gracie Challenge, where Gracie family in Brazil were doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and they knew, I mean, it was basically a cheat code to beat everybody up. Yeah. It's not that it was necessarily original. I mean, it came from a judo practitioner that went to Brazil, but... Uh, the martial arts that were popular at the time was essentially because of like karate kid and shit. Everyone was doing karate and taekwondo, and uh, even if they were really good at it, they could beat the average person up. But they had no idea how to grapple. And even if you're like a good wrestler, wrestlers didn't have the awareness of like how to defend their back. They get their back up a bunch and get yeah. choked. So they really were just ahead of the times in martial arts. I mean, people weren't grappling like that at all so it was easy to arm bar and rear naked choke people that just didn't see it coming yeah it'd just be a surprise so they had i think it was a ten thousand dollar open challenge right Something like that. so yeah. it was just like anyone they and they would put it because you know how you found out about martial arts back then it wasn't through tv or the internet it's through black, black belt, belt magazine, magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they had put out the open challenge just like anybody who fucking wants it can come get it which is pretty sick yeah yeah but the whole idea was that it was a marketing ploy for them. They would film the fights and then distribute them on VHS. And that is what, I mean, there was also like shoot fighting in Japan where they essentially took like pro wrestling and made it a, uh, what they would call a shoot, which is where you actually fight. Yeah. Had to pin the guy or make the guy tap. Um, that was going on in concurrence with this. 
this was uh, a little bit before they started doing Valley Tudo in Brazil, which just means anything goes, which was just a fight where, again, you fight until somebody wins. Is how the rule set used to be. And style versus style, if you didn't know how to grapple, you would just get fucked up. But anyway, the Gracie Challenge, they distributed. The Tates were wildly successful. People heard about them. Uh, they'd get on Black Belt Magazine and pay 100 bucks for fucking three videos. Yeah, They made a ton of cash off of that. And it was so popular that that's eventually led it to Valley Tudo, which led to the UFC, which the idea was, of course, to take what they were doing and kind of have a ringer. And they didn't even use, like, the best grace. They used Hoyce, who was, like, you know, the third or fourth best. Yeah. He was, like, not muscular, didn't work out, just only did jiu-jitsu. And they wanted to do that to just, you know, prove how superior the martial art was. Which, I mean... I. I think that the Gracies were pretty douchey in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, you know, the UFC, the way it came about is pretty sick. Like, they, yeah. I mean, he really fought people. Yeah. Like, he fought some gnarly dudes. It's just that they didn't know what he was up to. Yeah. I think, too, you know, it's like it would have been, like, so hard to get people to be like, oh, you can do this, too, if, like, Hicks and Gracie walks out and he's, like, jacked and fucking, Yeah, like, you traps know. and abs and fucking, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. But, yeah. I mean, that, the UFC also, the same with Gracie in action, was almost just a marketing ploy for sure. the Gracies. To sell the martial art, which, you know, is incredibly lucrative for them. You know who they are, I'm sure. And that's all a design of that. But they were legitimate. I mean, they really could scrap. Yeah. Um, in in that world, in today's world, they would get eviscerated. But MMA wasn't then what it is now. In fact, of course, it wasn't even called MMA. It was, again, basically just style versus style matchups. And the idea of the UFC, which was basically booked through the help of Black Belt Magazine, is that if you fought... And there was different types of uh, martial arts combat. There was, of course, boxing, wrestling, uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, like full contact, like all the different, like if you competed in those things uh, and a lot of people lied about, you know, what they did, like the fucking ancient art of Hawaiian bone breaking guy. Just like a lot of people were frauds, but this was a good way to like shake it out. Like what's going to work, what's not. So if you... Wanted to enter, and you had a compelling story. They would let you enter, and you would fight in a tournament. And the original idea was that the tournament would happen. I think it would be 16 entrants, so you would have to fight four times in a fucking night to win, which is pretty gnarly. And I think in the first one, the hoist fought. Was it Kimo in the first one? Or was it Ken Shamrock? Um, I'll just say fuck. He's supposed to fight... Kid Shamrock? I think he... And then he kid, fighting Dan Samber, I think Ken he Shamrock beat Ken fight. Shamrock, and I think he armbarred Ken Shamrock. Yeah. This happened in one of them. I can't remember if it's the first or second. Don't really care that much. But he beat Ken Shamrock, but then couldn't continue on in the tournament because he got fucked up so bad. Yeah. Like, he couldn't fight the next fight. Hoist couldn't. So dude, he didn't even win. I just can't imagine fighting, like, four times in one day. Oh, yeah. Well, for, dude, one fight sucks. And they were There's like, like you know, again... and. It's just like a guy like Ken Shamrock was a lot more skilled than they had anticipated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like they had already been whooping. I mean, like jacked karate guys would come down and they would fucking choke him in under a minute, do whatever they want to to him because once they got to the mat. But Ken Shamrock had been wrestling and catch wrestling and he was vaguely familiar with what was going on, even though his technique was pretty inferior. But there was other guys like that that weren't necessarily – 
good fighters or skilled enough to deal with that. But anyway, that's the boom of the UFC. And so as a result of that, you know, the first few UFCs, people started seeing Hoist Gracie fuck people up. And they were like, well, I really want to learn how to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And it came to America. And of course, like anything else, when something happens... It becomes somewhat of a subcultural phenomenon. You'll have a lot of people that pretend they've been a part of it, and it's really hard to verify, especially back then because there's, like, no internet. It's a new thing. A lot of people don't know about it. So if you learn how to do, like, a couple sweeps and an arm bar, even if you're not necessarily doing them correctly, you look like you know what you're doing. Easy to be a bullshitter. Yeah. Martial arts world, and this is, you know, again, thanks to, like, Karate Kid and then the pay-per-view UFC, this starts to become a huge success. Like, they're, I mean, if you want to watch combat sports, especially back when you hadn't seen anything like this, you got wind of, like, these guys are just, like, straight up fighting. Oh, yeah, like, dude, I fucking watched, uh, the, how I heard about it was me and my friend Walker, we rented a movie at Silver Screen Video when yeah. we were in, like, the fourth grade. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what movie it was. Oh, no, I do. It's a fucking, uh, uh, what's a movie? It's a Saturday Night Live movie where Chris Farley and another dude discover America, or they're trying to discover America. Oh, uh, Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Yeah, we were doing, we were watching that, and but the preview was like the UFC thing. We were, I was like, dude, this is cool, man. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like, I don't want to see that. Because <laughs> we were like super into WWF and shit at the yeah. time, you know, so it was like, we were like, oh, man, this is like real fighting. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of, but we were also like, no, it's not. I mean, they're just not as good, you know? Not as good as the <laughs> yeah. wrestlers, yeah. Yeah. So, as a result of the popularity, obviously the government's like, okay, this is a combat sport. They are fighting. We can't let this be unregulated. Yeah. They get involved, which is good. There should be definitely, like, athletic commissions and people overseeing the health of the athletes and also verifying if it's an actual athlete and not just some fucking ancient art of Hawaiian bone breaking that gets yeah. knocked the fuck out hurt bad right away because they yeah. have no idea how to fight when that regulation happened that's when you saw the new trend of mixed martial arts which was still an underground sport at the time and uh, that is when you know people started learning how to fight in multiple different disciplines uh, jiu-jitsu's kind of taken over the world um this is when the internet's starting to bud too. So now, you know, this is like, like mixed martial arts is one of the first things to really like blossom on the internet because there's a vast community of people who want to network and learn about it and not just get into fucking black belt magazine. They want to network, learn how to train, learn how to fight, fight, you know, how do I do this? Where do I go? Who do I meet? And that led to, you know, a lot of like, fucking gonzo journalism people that want to cover the sport um people call this like the dark times of mma because the fraud element uh unfortunately the way that would come out a lot is when you would see somebody fight and they would just get the shit beat out of them unjustifiably because they said oh no i'm an undefeated i've had 30 fights when Maybe they got in a couple fights at a bar, but they had no idea how to fight like Tank Abbott. It's yeah. going to make them die. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So that's the way that truth will come to light, which is a good purification system for sure, but it's not a good way to sell the sport. You no. don't want to see people get starched or 
you know, get their fucking jaw broken in the first 30 seconds of a fight. It's also like, I think as a viewer, you get to see like how full of shit people are in martial arts. Like you're like, Oh, like this shit doesn't even work. Like the fuck, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, there's all that Kung Fu and fucking, yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's like you figure they figured out that, uh, simple forms of kickboxing and simple forms of grappling, you know, worked as opposed to like some fucking crazy shit where you're charging your chi and getting ready to fucking blow somebody up with it, you know? Yeah. There's a lot. In those first couple of UFCs, there's so many of those. People. Oh, yeah. A lot of fucking kung fu practitioners. Yeah. And that was like the funniest thing about Grace in Action videos is how much shit that they had. I think it was, uh, God, not Hoyler. Who's the guy that brought UFC here? Hilson? No, not Hilson. His uh, his brother Horian. Uh, Horian Horian's yeah. like narrating the videos. Yeah, yeah. And it's always like they'll choke a guy, and he'll be like, "Here's the point where the kung fu practitioner realizes twenty years of hard work has all been in vain for a vastly inferior style of martial arts." <laughs> it's just like God damn, dude. yeah, kind of so. I mean, it's true. It is true. Damn, you're talking bad. <laughs> Yeah, and it's crazy. And then, like as a like as a seventeen year old kid, like whenever I first started training, man, it was just like, this is crazy. Because the, the the gym that I first started training at was like it was old school, like Gracie Baja, quote unquote. But they had like the you know the guy that was teaching was only a blue belt, but they let people come in and you could just fight them or whatever. And Dude, I just that I watched that guy destroy people. Like you just fuck him up, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like, it's like, fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of old school compared to today because there was like, I mean, more old school in a way that we got. We were like in a wave where we were at the tail end of the old ways. Like and, the state we live in, there, like MMA fights were regulated, but they would still just let anybody fight, like yeah. as long as you could pass a physical. There was no check into like, do they train at a legitimate facility? Do they know how to fight? It was just like, well, their blood pressure is fine. They're not yeah. going to have a stroke in the cage, so we'll just let them fight. And sometimes you just agree in the back on the rules. Like, are you cool with this? Yeah. Are you cool with it? It was crazy, man. Yeah, it was bananas. But, you know, that, that just led to a lot of people who, like, didn't really know how to fight. So you could just, like, you know, clown them with. I saw some hit, like, fights with people getting their heads stomped because they agreed with it. And the other dude did not know shit. And he got, like, stomped. Oh, he went to the hospital. Like, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah. So let's enter Rafael Torrey. He's from Torrance, California. He was born around 1970. He wanted to live a good life, honestly, but not an honest one because he was, like, uh, self-made millionaire, like, Matthew Lesko type of business guy, like a fake it till you make it con man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word where it's like those like fly by night businesses, you know, we're just like trying to do that shit over and over yeah, again. Yeah. Wants to be rich, but doesn't really necessarily want to put in the work. Would rather just kind of like lie about what he does. And, uh, he latches on to martial arts as a result of that. Uh, this started off by, you know, he's like a charismatic guy. Uh, he's a, he's like, uh, kind of a journalist. He's writing for like black belt magazine. He was writing articles for ADCC, Abu Dhabi combat club, which is like one of the first, uh, MMA oriented grappling tournaments. It, I mean, there had been Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments since like the late eighties. 
in Brazil, uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club. And if you don't know about Aaron's, they love grappling. It's like some of the best wrestling teams are always like Uzbekistan, Iran, shit like that. So they've got like a deep tradition in grappling. And then they are very intrigued by this new generation of grapplers who could generally pretty handily beat wrestlers. Yeah. So a Sikh over there like wanted to get into jujitsu too. And so they started putting on the Abu Dhabi combat club where they would assemble like the best grapplers and MMA fighters and put them in a tournament and see who would win. It's still going on today and it's pretty sick, but it was like a whole organization and uh, it had a lot of money behind it. So there was just like a, a full blown magazine that came out every month and they had a very popular website. This guy would write articles for, um, he, was just doing your classic like Kumite stories. Like one of his stories, he said that he was invited into a secret place out in the woods in a national park and uh, he needed his friend to drop him off at the entrance and he'd be back in a few days. So a few days later, he came back, presumably from the woods with a duffel bag uh, full of camping gear and a fucking trophy. That was like, yeah, I went out there, I beat everybody in the Kumite and I won this trophy. Wow. That definitely wasn't in the <laughs> duffel bag I took out there. <laughs> no, no, no. I got it out there. He made it. In the woods. <laughs> uh, he became, he got well known within the MMA community by bragging about his record of 14 knockouts and zero losses throughout his career in these underground tournaments. Rumors about his toughness made him notorious because people thought he was legit and an, an actual fighter. Yeah, you know, he knew the lingo and shit. Yeah. He looked like he was Brazilian. And I, there's been a lot of fake Brazilians. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a thing that was pretty popular to do when... There's a guy talking like this. Man, you fucking come here. You want to do his jiz? Just like, man, you're from, like, Indianapolis. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. A lot of that shit used to go on. Like I've refereed tournaments and a guy be like, Oposish, take a sweep. Like, why is that guy saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just dorking out. <sighs> it's crazy. Dude, my forearms are everything is oh <laughs> <laughs> Damn, boy. It looks like a snake about to bite. Spazzing, dude. You know like a snake? Snake will tits his whole body. Gosh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That is crazy. It's twerking. What is that? Uh, is that dodgeball where Ben Stores like involuntary spasm? Enjoy the show. Yeah. Ooh, just cramping up. I guess from holding my phone there after doing forearms earlier. Maybe. Yeah. Whew. Hey. Yeah, that's some tits. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like you got one of those ah! tens units on, dude. Fuck. Yeah. I'm gonna die. I had uh, food poisoning. Maybe that's... I'm like... I got super dehydrated, man. Yeah, food poisoning, getting a pump. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> man, I kind of wish we were on video now. That's so wild. Oh. It won't quit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it looks like it's drinking. Dude, it's so crazy. It's sucking. You think it's going to blow? Nah, dude. It's like a blow. I can't think about anything else. Yeah, you can what have you got, tetanus? Fuck, dude. That fucked my wife up so bad. You know, two people can't have tetanus in the same area. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. It, also, this time, because uh, MMA was still like an underground sport, 
this was before. I mean, again, like there was definitely sanctioned fights, but there was for sure organizations and like even when we started doing MMA, there was like fights where they just wouldn't be sanctioned. Yeah. They wouldn't have like the state athletic commission. They just try to go under the radar and like at some fucking rodeo grounds, put on a fight, you yeah, know, I almost fought one of those. Yeah. Like, I got the fuck out of there. As soon as I saw what was going on, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I think yeah, I'm good, yeah. man. Yeah. But that was going on. I mean, even then, you know, they'd put rings up in bars and other States and shit, like not necessarily just where we live, but I mean, just cashing in on the popularity of it. And then on top of that, like a lot of people who were trained to fight and, we're trying to earn their way up. I mean, there, there wasn't like every state had athletic commissions already for other sports, even combat sports, like obviously boxing, but it was still like for the most part in America unregulated. Yeah. So if people were putting on fights, you just had to find out where they're at and how to get into them. And sure. sometimes they would just be at gyms, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of gyms still do smokers. Yeah. So it's not an uncommon practice. So it wouldn't be what what I'm saying is that like, it wouldn't be unfathomable if there was a guy walking around who had had 14 amateur fights and won them all. I mean, it it's insane. That's a crazy record. Yeah. Like most amateurs don't come out undefeated. That's kind of the point of being an amateur is like yeah. kind of fight. But if you were good and you were just like fighting scrubs at gyms and bars and shit, like, yeah, that, that could happen. And it's also, you know, again, like it's cool on the internet, but there, since it wasn't like, I mean, MMA, like Sherdog.com and MMA.tv were the first websites to really work hard at getting like every state, every fighter that fought sanctioned, getting their record on file. So that way you could check someone's legitimacy for the sake of like, not just necessarily check someone on being a liar, but for the sake of an athletic commission could look it up yeah. and keep the guy safe. Where if he says I've had 30 fights, it's like, okay, well I'm looking you up on sure right now. And it says you've had two and you lost them both. So no, you shouldn't be fighting this guy yeah. who's 20 and two. This shouldn't happen. We're going to keep you safe and give you a fight with this guy. Which is crazy. Cause it would happen all the time where it was just like, why would you need to lie about that? Also, man, are you fucking stupid? Like they have way more experience. Like that's a, it's, it's not, da- it's not, it's yeah. not good. You know? Yeah. Not good for but your health. People are <laughs> also crazy, man. Like, yeah. yeah. People throw caution to the wind a lot. And, uh, or, you know, a lot of, you could be like this guy and be telling people like, yeah, I'm 14 and oh, and you can't like go try to prove it by taking a fight and say, oh, I'm zero and zero. Yeah. Like you gotta, you know, kind of go through with your lie. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, this was before that, before Shardog.com, before MMA.tv. You couldn't really cross-check this guy, so, you know, uh, people just kind of had an easy time believing what he was saying. And he was writing for Abu Dhabi Combat Club. I mean, he was known enough. Uh, Things started going south for him when he talked so much that his name started being pushed around, uh, you know, he got uh started being friends with a lot of grapplers. Uh he was going hanging out with like John Jocks Machado. He knew Eddie Bravo from that proximity, which led to him knowing Rogi. And he just met a lot of like the new wave of people who are important in combat sports. 
and he stuck to his guns. And these people also meet people who would say that they're 14 and 0 and actually be 14 and 0. Yeah. So it's they're they don't have any reason to think that if this guy's got the nerve to like come around and say that, that he'd be full of shit for any reason whatsoever. So he kind of penetrates and then the words going around about him. So everyone believes him. And then the more he talks to people and has conversations and rumors spread around, it turns out, of course, he was also saying he was an ex Navy seal. He had been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu since he was a child. And then he, like tripled down on stuff and said that he was an illegitimate son of Carlson Gracie and Carlson gave him a black belt. Oh man. So Carlson Gracie is the butt crack Gracie. Yeah. He's like the, he's butso. <laughs> he is butso dude. <laughs> yeah. He's got no ass. Just like real slobby looking guy. Yeah, yeah. But everyone that trained under him was like nasty. Hell yeah. He had like, the roughest crew like all the different gracies had gyms and different techniques and stuff i don't necessarily want to disparage carlson gracie because he was a fat slob i guess it doesn't really matter so i don't know what his actual fighting career was like but i do know that like the guys you know like vitor belfort our friend Ronaldo, just like a yeah. bunch of dudes that i mean they were like really like if you were gonna have a valley two to fight in Brazil and you had to fight somebody from Carlson's gym, you were just like, God, oh, fuck, yeah. this is gonna be to the death for sure. Yeah, like our buddy, we watched that fight of him when he was like fifteen. He fought for two hours. And he was only like a blue belt or some shit, and he just like fucked this black belt up for two hours. Two hours. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, but he had them like you know juicing and on like a really strong physical regiment, which is hilarious because he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But you know, just like kind of a cutting edge MMA coach at the time. So to say shit like that, that's going to be something that's, of course, going to get found out. But it's going to take a while. At the time, if you take it for face value, it's going to, like, you're going to be the man for a little bit yeah, when people yeah. believe what you're saying. Uh, Tory became so popular in the circuit that he was getting media attention and also the attention of many sponsors, including recognition from Sheif Tahoon bin Zaid Al Nazan, who is the guy that... Uh, Started Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Later in his career, in the year 2000, he was able to convince organizers to sponsor a match between him and Bo Hershberger at the Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Bo Hershberger was not a fucking joke at all. Um, and of course, this was the end of his notoriety because he got smashed by Bo Hershberger. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah, he got well. Yeah, he got tapped in like twenty five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. He just didn't know what he was doing, like whatsoever at all. And that's what you know, fucking lying will get you. Yeah, like at some point, you might have like a good year of telling stories, but if especially like if you're around guys who grapple every day and you're telling them how good you are at grappling, mm -hmm. at some point the opportunity is going to come up to grapple. Everybody I know that's done that. Has been beat retarded. Yeah. Like, beat fucking retarded, man. I mean, it's a pretty hard game to play. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, you know, and then on top of that, um, again, he was kind of friends with Eddie Bravo. So, Eddie Bravo asked Tori to come train at the gym. And Bravo won the first round with him and just, you know, of course, destroyed him. And then Eddie's like a pretty confrontational guy. So he was like, you obviously aren't a black belt. You have 
no clue. Like everything I'm doing to you is like first day stuff. You don't know what's going on here. You seem very lost. I don't think he was really like, I mean, you're not being an asshole if you confront someone about a crazy lie for one. No, because like you're actually saving other people who are going to potentially be around that person. Yeah. You know? Right. But then, you know, he just kind of ignored Eddie and kept spirits high with him as much as he could and left the gym. And uh, that's when he said he retired from active fighting. Which, you know, you just had one match and then went to a gym and got clowned. Yeah. Damn. In 2001, Rafael Torre made a comeback from his supposed retirement to fight in a professionally organized fight against heavyweight Ioka Tanua, mm. who was a supposed former student of his. What? Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. You know a little home cooking? Here. Yeah. The fight was pitched as if the two had an unresolved grudge and they were going to settle it inside the ring. The event, it was a King of Cage event. Oh, yeah. The name of it was Wet and Wild. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As the wildly hyped fight was held outside and it was, of course, during a rainstorm. And the fight was actually staged, of course, obviously. It wasn't an actual fight. It was just some guy... He was like, listen, if you'll do this for me, I'll give you some cash or make you cool or whatever the compromise was. They had a pre-fight agreement. They did a work. They did a pro wrestling match. Yep. Type of scenario, uh, Tori ended up winning. He won via knee bar after Tanua just threw his leg out, and he didn't even fully extend it before Tanua tapped. With his victory, he thought that he was definitely going to be able to Sustain his life. But then everyone that saw the fight was like, yeah, man, this was not real. That wasn't a real fight. We know what fighting is and looks like. That was crazy. And so they grilled the guy that he fought, the Ayuka Tanua guy. And he was like, yeah, here's what happened. He paid me to take a dive. (laughs) He just told everybody like, yeah, sorry. I needed cash. He gave me cash. So shit. Here's what happened. <laughs> Imagine, man. And yeah, he got, you know, everyone started dragging him on the internet. Everyone looked into his Navy SEAL thing and found out that that wasn't real, of course, which is, uh, you know, even at the dawn of the fucking internet, the easiest thing of all time to verify. Yeah. Like, they hate that shit, too. Yep. It's a felony. Now it is. Yeah. Stolen Valor. Yeah. You can't do that shit. Stolen Valor videos, I've said it on here before, are fucking hilarious. I love it. Mm-hmm. You just like go to a store and see a guy like 90% of the time it's a retarded fella. You're just like, where'd you get those uh, bars on your right side of your uniform from there? He's like, yeah, you know, it's when I was over in Desert Storm. He's like, oh, really? Well, I served in Desert Storm and here's what that's supposed to mean. Where'd you get that from? He's like, you know, I was stationed at. He was like, that's fucking bullshit. Take that shit off right now. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I don't care. Take it the fuck off. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Any type of fucking stolen, any, if you just catch somebody that's just straight up lying and you get to make them take their clothes off or something. Yeah. It rules. Yeah. Getting down to your knickers. Right on down to them. Take it off. Take your shoes off. Strip. And making somebody take their shoes off. Oh and yeah. Their pants off and then throw them somewhere. They can't get them. Um, in a phone line. 
Dude, that's a classic the one. The phone line's a fun Beating dude. somebody up, tying their shoes together. Yeah. I never did that to somebody, but I've known about it. Yeah, yeah. Whooping someone's ass and tying their shoes together. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have done that. Not a phone line. Remember that fucking Kelvin dude that used to work with us that sucked? Yeah, yeah. He had like brand new Timberlands, dude, and he was being a total shit, like trying to be the boss. So we tied his Timberlands together and threw them to the top of this fucking arena. <laughs> didn't beat him up but it was pretty bad he was yeah. like i didn't bring any other shoes like yeah did we get we got that guy that's somebody else's time. problem <laughs> somebody else's problem oh yeah and he was like we guys come hang out with me i don't have anybody else to hang out with and we were like no and he was like i told him yes and then i didn't show up no this is the one where he was like i'll pay for all the drinks oh yeah we're yeah, like yeah. okay so I went to the bar and he opened the tab and we drank, I don't know, three hundred dollars worth of drinks. Yeah. And he got the bill and he was like, I can't pay for this. You guys gotta help me. And we were like, No. Then I sent over to these two uh uh Islander trans women. Yeah. And he was like trying to be cool and act like he was gonna fuck them and everything. And then like when it came down to brass tacks, he figured out that they were dudes. <laughs> <laughs> thems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, y'all are they thems, not she hers. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. That was good. Yeah. No, we got him, for, time, we got him for like a $300 bill, dude. It was, oh, yeah. We were like buying drinks for people. Yeah. <laughs> I was buying them for them trans women. Drinking scorpion bowls. I was getting them trans woman juiced up. And I was like, yeah, to talk to my friend Kelvin. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a big one. Yeah. He likes y'all. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. But yeah, Kelvin got his shoes tied together. But yeah, anyway. Should have gave Kelvin a Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, later on, people found out he wasn't even using his fucking real name. He just wanted to sound Brazilian by saying Rafael Torre. His real name was Ralph Bartel. And that is when he completely bailed on, you know, his fake MMA fantasies. Didn't have any more bridges to burn, nowhere else to turn. Just had to fucking leave. Yeah. Damn. It was around this time that he got involved in a romance with a lady named Angelica, or sorry, Angelina Richards, who quickly fell in love with him. She had two kids, Bryce and Kendall, and, of course, a husband named Brian Richards, which he didn't really care. He's kind of a scummy guy. Yeah, he's going to be in love with someone. I would not want to be in a relationship with someone that's having sex with somebody else. No. Like verifiable. Like you're sleeping in the same bed with a dude. Yeah. And then I got to bang you later. Yeah. Because you fun. know, like they fight about it. You know, it's like, yeah. So he's always like, you don't ever want to, you know, have sex with me. And then she feels like she has to give it up. Yeah. And then goes and sees this other dude on the side. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I don't want that. No, man. What a nightmare. Yeah. You're sticking your fucking thing where somebody else came in and that cum is your lube. Yeah. Not a good look. It's got to smell bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cum's got to smell. Yeah, cum's got Dude, sex dick after three days is not good. <laughs> of course you know. <laughs> uh, I hate smells, man. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Cum's got like a... I don't know. Doesn't smell bad. Yeah, no. I tell you about putting a cum shirt on a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, no. Did man. you work? Did it work? No. Thank God. Well, I just like... Had one beside the bed that I had there for a few days that I was like wiping off with. And uh fucking woke up in the middle of the night and was like, fuck. Like had to go check on something. Like the dog was freaking out. 
So I put that shit on, just went back to bed and woke up the next day like, yeah, it reeks like cum. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the mirror is all comes fucking wiped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it, dude. Yeah. That old cum shirt. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, man. It would sick if I wore it out in public. It, it, it's, it smelled real cummy, though. Yeah, yeah. You like probably got some people fired up, man. Juicy smell. cum. Well, I didn't wear it anywhere. Just woke up. Yeah. You slept in it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, you know, like my sweat perspiration probably woke up the active cum. Yeah. I usually don't sleep in a shirt, but the dog was spazzing, so threw it on just in case. I don't know why. Just like a panic move, you know what I mean? Just like there was a shirt that I was like, fuck. Oh, you just really liked it, man. You got, you got a whip and like, fuck it, dude. I don't sleep in this. You winked before you went to sleep. Oh, no, I think it was a night yeah. we did the podcast, and I was, like, half honked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. just, like, 3 a.m., like, <gasps> sure, yeah. go check. Yeah, yeah. Back to bed. What would have been your grandpa's? It smells like cum. Cum shirt. Ugh. I mean, if he came could, on I don't your think he could shirts, come anymore. He's come, man. I don't think he could come, dude. It's real thick. But yeah, I don't think come. he could come, dude. Yeah. That ain't, there's no way it's like he, sugar like, cookie dough. Hard. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, uh, I could only imagine an old man's heart hog. <laughs> Butterfly kisses an old man heart ons. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the Christian songs about an old man cranking it. Ooh. Yeah, anyway, couldn't do that. Uh, I mean, I guess if I like, which obviously this wouldn't happen in my life, but I guess if I was like, Single and horny, and I was like at a bar, and a lady told me she was married, but she didn't like her husband. I might fucking cram it. Yeah, but I wouldn't like go back for more. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing good's gonna come out of that. Yeah, but it, what happens is it's a thrill seeking, the dopamine of being. But it's caught. not really a thrill for you so much. Yeah, it is, a, dude. Oh, the, if you like go to their house. Yeah, because if you're doing it, you're like, well, you got to get out of here before he gets to the. Yeah, okay. I can you know see what I'm saying. Like, it, your dopamine's, if you're doing something you're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to do and you get like away with it naughty. one time, you That's know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I can see where this could happen. Yeah. But still, you wouldn't want to have a relationship. No. Like, none of that constitutes dating. Absolutely not. It's like, I'll come back over. He's gone. Yeah. Like, all right, I might sneak over there and put it in there. But yeah, but I'm not trying to, like, we're not go going grab on dates. Lunch. But then that's what's happening. I'm I mean, not they, taking like, you to get a salad and nukes. Like, she's, she's like, <laughs> met the... And this is what's crazy about the lady, too, is he's, like, met her kids and stuff. Like... That's wild. Yeah, women are bad, dude. Yeah, yeah. A dude would never do that, first of all. Fuck no. Like, if you were cheating on your wife, you would never be like, you want to come beat my kids? Yeah. You would just leave. Because you know what's going to happen is your kids are going to be like, yeah, mom's friend so-and-so is really cool. And then they're like, well, who's the fuck is that? And yeah. That's, I mean, this has to be what's going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, Brian and Angelina's marriage was strained already. Uh, Brian was involved in some sort of insurance fraud scheme. But he also had a very real multi-million dollar life insurance policy with his wife and children as the beneficiaries. Angelina was calling herself Rafael Tori's wife, and it became obvious they had to do something about Brian. And this is like around town, which is, uh, this is just a crazy bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the dude's crazy. She's, it's like a, you know, obviously if they've synced up with one another, as retarded as this guy is, she's got to be equally as retarded. 
It's like, imagine being married to somebody and you're dating someone else and you're like going around telling people you're this guy's wife. I would guess she wants her marriage to end. And this is like probably the fuel that will help that happen. Also, he's telling her like, he's like a fucking, you know, black 14, belt champion. I'll kill your fucking husband. If he comes around 14 and hands. one fighter. Yeah. I only lost the one match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And anyway, they're going to, they're going to make a plan to do something about Brian to ensure her and old Rafael would have an easy and happy life. Therefore, the couple decided to have Brian assassinated. Mm. Not do it themselves, but have him assassinated. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, the As I Lay Dying treatment. Yeah. How is that guy still around, dude? I don't know, man. First of all, punish him for the music. They should have tacked on an extra 20 years for that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's crazy, dude. I mean, he legitimately tried to have his goddamn wife assassinated. Yeah. On the internet, like a complete buffoon. She forgave him? Yeah, I think so. Are they I think cool again? I think they're cool again. That's how God works, dog. God is cool, man. You got to forgive This people, is what man. I do love about the Lord is that yeah. well, you make a lot of mistakes. You know. And once you come to him on bended knee, you just, you Everything's know, a test, man. Another Christian, they got to forgive. You know, you, you got to go to prison because it's part of the test. Then yeah. Then, like, you know, that separation from your wife you're going to kill, you realize how much you love her. He must have been, like, pounding Trent, right? Because that was his whole excuse was that he was like. I'm sure. And he he did get he was jacked. There was uh, one of the dudes that was in that band that was texting one of uh, Sam's coworkers that we're gonna come into town and he was trying to get some trim. Recently, like a couple of years back. No, I was saying doing trend T R E N. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the he's guy. getting some trim too. Like as a late dying guy, yeah, from a Spencer's employee. Yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Was she a young lady? She was younger. Yeah. Too young? Not too young. Okay. But like. Legally young, but too young. Too young, but legally okay. Yeah. That's forgivable. It's yeah. not surprising. Yeah, no. But yeah. Also, being horny for a guy in Azalea dying? Ugh. That's a bad band. In the end, like, especially, it didn't, they didn't age well. No. Weird. They're still huge. Yeah, this is like the only Christian band that made it, really. Well, they're not Christian anymore. Or are they? They are. He's dude, back of course in. They yeah, are, he's I don't forgiven. know if he's in that band, but. He is. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, dude. All oh, right, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. God does work in mysterious fucking hey, dude, ways. He, dude, he helps you out. If yeah. you try to tell me that God doesn't help, look at that. Yeah. That guy tried to assassinate his goddamn wife. Yeah. But he did it like a but fucking tit, though. Yeah. That yeah. was like a legit roid move. Like a roid rage move. Mm-hmm. Just like, I gotta kill this bitch. I'm getting on Craigslist. Like that that's not clear thinking. No, no. <laughs> what the hell are you doing, dude? Yeah. Trying to find somebody online to kill your wife? Like that's gonna pan out. That's not the first time I heard of some shit like that. Yeah, but that's like a it's like a some sort of drug influence. Like Oh yeah. Just blowing lines and fucking cramming trend. Yeah. God She's gonna go. It's usually you know I don't even know what cocaine or trend would be like. God, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Cocaine's just like caffeine three. Yeah. It ain't that strong. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess if you're cranking it all the time, who knows, yeah, man? You're just losing it, dude. There's something to your brain, for sure. It has yeah. to. Yeah. You know? You get paranoid and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear. Uh, anyway, they try to have him assassinated, and the idea is, of course, they're going to take his insurance payout and move somewhere else. 
The two contacted uh, ex-Marine sniper and UFC fighter Gerald Sternburnt and said they would pay him $10,000 to assassinate Brian. Damn. How do you... I'm saying it wrong. Streberndt. Streberndt. It's S-T-E-B-E-N-D-T. Yeah. Stebent? Yeah. Stebent. Stebent? I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. Stebent had several run-ins with the law, and he had just gotten out of jail. He said that he wanted nothing to do with their murder plots. After that, Tori decided, fuck it. I'm a killer. I'll commit this murder myself. There are a few details about the actual murder, but it is supposed that he and Angelina were waiting for Brian to get home. Then Tori grabbed him from behind with a rear naked choke and squoze him to death, which is crazy. That takes like eight minutes. That is crazy. And they're going to come back to like, I've choked someone when I was bouncing to sleep and kept carrying him out by the choke. And they've like woken back up. Yeah. Like in the choke still. And it's just like, oh, they're about to get brain damage or something. You got yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've had just seen in the like holding someone through that, like flailing fucking. It's, it's sickening. Crazy. It's sickening. Oh, yeah. That was a shocker for me. For I've got sure. a couple like where I've been like so fucking mad at somebody I had to choke in, you know, and then just like, I don't give a fuck. And then, <laughs> and then that happens and you're like, oh, man, this is fucked up. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, just to like keep squeezing them like that, dude. Yeah. That's some sick and twisted shit for sure. God. <laughs> he claimed that he did it in self-defense because Richards tried to kill him with a pistol, which, you know, it was very easy to track their movement back down and talk to Gerald. Also, it was sounded real goddamn cool. No, he tried to pull a pistol on me and I took his back and choked him. Yeah. You know. I'm 14 and 0, if you didn't know. And then, you know, it's pretty easy to circle back around to old Gerald Sternburn who just was offered $10,000 to kill the guy. And when yeah. the police approached him and asked, like, what's your dealings with them? He was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. They tried to pay me to kill him. And I was like, no. So police were like, well, they obviously wanted him dead. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Man. So in 2005, because of that testimony and, uh, you know, the fact that the guy was just full of shit in general, Rafael Torre was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Brian Richards. Angelina Richards was found guilty of aiding and abetting murder and only got six years for that one. Uh, it's all her fault, though. Seventy <laughs> percent, probably. Yeah, yeah 70, you know, 70. you got to put some on the guy for going through with it. Yeah, but for sure, man. I would just imagine too, like if you're uh, that type of like pathological liar, there's no way you're getting a lot of posts. Like, puss will take that right out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have no reason. Well, to also, too, like that needing to have a meeting, and you got some girl being like, "Oh, here's my kids," and you get all like familiar with them, and then. They're married on top of that. And it's like fucking. Well, she could have just got a divorce and ended up with him, but then they wouldn't have the money. So like the evil that was involved there was like, he saw an opportunity. Sure. She saw an opportunity. They decided together that it would be worthwhile for them to like, try to go through with it. Yeah. It's also crazy too, that they only tried one potential assassin and the guy like, you know, wasn't an assassin and, that's not like an easy service to find. No. So if you're, you know, just being too impatient and not trying to figure something else out, just says to me that they're fucking morons, which we already knew. Yeah. Just what a fucking goofball. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just disgraced from every faction of life and is now 
in prison forever as a result, which uh, there was several character witnesses that came in on the side of the prosecution to say like, yeah, this guy's a fraudulent liar. Like everybody that knew him was duped by him. He's full of shit about everything he says. So it didn't look good. Nothing looked good for him. Yeah, no, (laughs) he went down pretty easily. God damn. A fraud. Oh, yeah, man. That was pretty rock and right. Yeah, it was a good time. Cool, cool. Well, that's another episode. Glad to be back. Hopefully, the one we recorded a few weeks ago will come out, you know, sometime in yeah. audio form. But just to remind, I'm just saying we'll be off video for a while. Who cares? Yeah. Try to figure out how to do audio Patreon, which I think is like the preferred method anyway. I don't think people like the way we've been doing it. I don't know. Well, I think we just post like private YouTube videos. But there is like a player through Patreon yeah. where you could just put this. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe you can just upload it in the audio file, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you could, that's easy to It's not like it's hard to do. It's just yeah. I think you've been doing video only. I don't think they like that. Oh, well. Well, I care. I, <laughs> I, I care. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to do it. Fix it. Hopefully. Just, you know, my brain. But yeah. If you want to be a patron, patreon.com backslash death metal detectives. I don't know. I mean, our producer's fucked up right now. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we can't do, haven't been able to do. I'm trying. But there is like, if you haven't been on there, a backlog. And it's all like YouTube videos, but no one else can see them. You can see them. So if you like to listen on YouTube or watch on YouTube, it's easy to go. I mean, I think there's like. 50 something episodes over there that are on here and our new podcast is coming out tentatively called wrestling who even knows but uh that i think we did two of those that's on patreon so yeah if you want to check that shit out we'll be working on that new podcast coming out just mm-hmm. an audio form which is really all we need to do anyway yeah yeah for sure you can put videos up of us wrestling yeah etc but yeah we just need to do the audio um Beerbongs.com, great sponsor, longtime friend of the show. If you want to get drunk fast, crack your beer open with a device from Beerbongs.com. DMD20 gets you 20% off if you want to be a modern man, not a lame pussy. Head on over there, promo code DMD20, get you something to drink a beer fast with. Also, Gurgling Gore Records. If you're not weak and you want some hard metal, swing over there, pick you up some shirts, pick you up some records, pick you up some tapes. Promo code gurgling dicks. Yeah. That'll get you 10% off right there. Paplow. Do a CBD one? We're supposed to do that too? No, not yet. Sick. Not yet. Okay. All right. Well, see you on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>